one of my favorite scenes in all of theater uh, is a scene from Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings and, and the Fellowship of the Ring. And, and I'm assuming you've seen this movie, and if you haven't, you probably ought to because uh, it's one of my favorites. But, 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 they're, but they're on this great journey to, to destroy this ring of power. And, and, and the journey's been hard, and it's been difficult, and, and they've been near death at different points. And, and they find themselves going through the, I think that they're called the Mines of Moria. And, and, they're, and they're somewhat lost along the way, not really knowing where to turn. And, and Frodo and Gandalf are sitting there, and, and, and Frodo says to Gandalf, he says, I, I wish it need not have happened in my time. And ultimately what he's saying is, I, 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 just, I just wish this had happened in someone else's life. I, I didn't ask to be here. I didn't ask to have this burden or this responsibility placed upon me. And, and, and Gandalf's answer is so powerful because he just looks at, the, at young Frodo and he says, so do I. And so do all who live to see such times. But that's not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what we will do with the time that is given to us. And I just think there is so much wisdom in that. That we can sit back and we can, we can moan and complain and think about what it used to be. And I don't like this. And, but here's, here, this is where we are. The world that we have around us, that's the world that we're going to have. And, and, and all we have to decide is what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do within it? Because I, I know that every one of us that are in this room can feel it, can't you? Can you not feel the darkness growing? Can you not feel the, the, the powers of evil and the presence of evil growing more and more in our world? I mean, you, you, we all know that evil always has been and always will be a part of the world, but I'm just, I'm just telling you, that in the recent decades, even of my life, evil has gained power and evil has gained influence. And Satan's rule over this world is unmistakable. And there are things that used to be present in our world, maybe in, in, in the back alleys or in the shameful parts of our world, <coughs> that to be quite honest, they are in the most public parts of our world today. From the halls of our elected officials, even at times down to our elementary school classrooms. We live in a time when the age of cultural Christianity, the age of someone thanking you or expecting you to be a Christian, is, it's fading away. We are used to having some sort of a, 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 a favor amongst the people because of our faith. And I'm telling you, that favor is fading away. There was a time that when you would go to apply for a job and you said, I'm a member of such and such a church, that was a good thing. We don't live in that time today. In the time that we live in today, when you go to apply for a job, you need to keep your mouth shut about being a member of such and such of a church the age of cultural Christianity is fast, is, is quickly passing away. And, and, and here's the reality. The forces of evil are coming. They're coming for you. They're coming for your church. They're coming for your family. They're coming for your workplace. They're coming for your neighborhood. They're even coming for your children. 
And as a church and as Christians, we can no longer sit on the sidelines with our Christian thoughts, refusing to engage because the world will not accept that answer. The world will, not, will no longer accept the answer that you're going to go over here and you're going to do your own thing and, and, and as much as depends upon you, you're going to live at peace with all men because the world is looking for a fight. The world is, going, is, is challenging us on these things as the world rages. It's forcing the issue. And we as a people must speak out. There is no place to hide. And when, we, and when we refuse to speak out, when we, when we refuse to, to, to live as Christian people live, well, it says, it says, I'm afraid, our silence much more than actually our, our words would say. You, you, can, you can go down the list. If, if it weren't a one o'clock service, I would spend some time talking about all of these things. But let me just give you a, a few places where there's, there's no longer a place to hide in our world. And we have a desperate need for God's people to speak out. I, I, I think about the subject of abortion and, and, and children that are being killed, that are being ripped into pieces in the womb. It's time for us to understand there's no place to hide on these issues. I'm thinking, about, I'm thinking about issues of racism that, 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 that have gripped our nation over the last few years. It, it is far past time for churches to, to, to start to speak out about these things, to talk about the, the nature of the church. What is the church of Christ? Because I'm telling you, we live in a world where the world doesn't know what the church of Christ is. And they don't know because we haven't told them to think, about, to think about the LGBTQ plus sexual revolution that we live in, brethren, it is here and it is in your face and in your children's face. I could give example after example and we could be here through 7 o'clock tonight because that's where it's at and we, and we are dealing with those things. Issues, issues of adultery and marriage and divorce and remarriage. If you think you can duck these issues, if you think that you can just be silent about these issues, you are so naive. These issues will find their way to you and to me and to our churches. And even as we talk about these things, the, the, the issue of our Christianity and politics, the, the, the idea that, that our solution to any of these things, listen, it's not found in men. It's not found in chariots. Our solution is not found in some political position. Our, our solution is going to be found in Jesus Christ. And I would suggest of all of these things, we could say so much, you could probably add to that list. I would enjoy that conversation with you. But, but just understand, these are things that we are being pressed with in our, in our world today. And, and, and the option to sit back and to say nothing, well, it, it, is, it is shameful. It is shameful for those who would be God's people. These are issues that you don't have to go looking for. They're going to show up on your doorstep. Most of us say, they're already there. They've already knocked. They, 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 they've already rang the bell for our homes and for our churches. They are coming for you. I heard someone say once, and you'll hear me say this quite often because it made an impact on me, but, but, but they simply said when talking about different issues of our days and different doctrine of our days, they said, if you have not talked about these issues over the last four years, then you have a young person who has went from their freshman year of high school all the way through their senior year of high school having never heard these things. 
Should we be surprised when they don't understand these things? Should we, be, should we be surprised when they don't have convictions about these things? Should, they, should, should we be surprised when they really don't think these things matter all that much to us? Our silence becomes deafening. Uh, I, I, will, I will never forget sitting there watching, and I've shared a lot of this with you guys before, but watching a PBS documentary about the Freedom Riders. It's a, once again, fascinating documentary you should go and watch it but I sat there and they were talking about the different voices that were speaking up and I could not help but think where were our brethren where were God's people where were our brothers and sisters in Christ when these things were going on and I'm not here to indict everybody I don't know everything that was going on I'm just saying I'm not finding those voices like I'm finding other people's voices now that's not my day but in my day I can make a change I can speak where I need to speak. You can speak where you need to speak. Paul said in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Watch this. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. So in all these issues, and by the way, all these things can become rather contentious. It's not about you being right. It's not about you having the right position about these things. It's about saving a soul. That's why we must speak out. That's why there's no place to hide on all of these issues and many, many more. It's because souls ride in the balance. When the world tells us we need to keep our mouths shut and keep our faith to ourselves, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of this. I'm not going to act like I'm embarrassed about, about the presence of Jesus or the word of Jesus or the will of Jesus. I'm not embarrassed. I don't have to apologize for my Lord and for my Savior. I, 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 know what, I know what rides in the balance, and that is the souls of men and women. The prophet Ezekiel said in Ezekiel 3 and verse 17, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore hear a word from my house, from my mouth, and give them warning from me. He says, I want you to go out there and I want you to warn the people. I'm just going to tell you that everybody who's doing sinful things in this world isn't, isn't always doing sinful things because they know it's sinful and they don't care. Many times they just don't know. And they don't know because we haven't told them. We haven't given them the warning. And if we don't give the warning, if we don't share the truth of God's word, you know it, but if it never leaves this, this body or this building, how are they going to know? And so when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life. That same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hands. That's what he says to the watchman. That's what he says to us. Yet if you warn the wicked, if you warn the wicked and he does not turn from his way, listen, just because you talk about it, preach about it, share it, that don't mean anybody's going to do anything. They, they have that choice. It's like you had that choice. But if you warn them and they don't turn, nor from his wicked way. He shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. I can't help but think about John, about John the baptizer when he started talking about Herod and, and the fact that Herod had a woman who, who, wasn't, who wasn't his wife and that he had no right to her. cost him his head. And you almost want to read through there and say, John, why didn't you keep your big mouth shut? Right? I mean, you got your head literally cut off and put on a platter. You could have saved yourself a lot of trouble. John said, I know. But I'm going to tell you a soul rode in the balance. And I believe not only, not only the soul of Herod, not only the soul of Herodias, 
but the souls of people for generations who would read about that account, who would hang in the balance. There is no place to hide. Now, understand, understand that I'm not, I'm not in the business or in, really in the interest of saying, well, you're doing this and you're doing that. I, I mean, I, I can't really unpack that. We're going to speak some of the same truths in different ways, with, with, different, with different personalities, if you will. I can't help but think about the division in Acts chapter 15 about what to do with John Mark and, and Barnabas thought it was a good idea to take him. Paul thought it was a bad idea. Probably had a lot to do with their disposition. And so they went their separate ways and they, and they preached the same gospel and they accomplished the same mission. People have different personalities and congregations have different personalities. There, there, are, there are biblical truths that are probably going to come across in different ways. Is, is, that, is that fair to say? Even, even, amongst, even amongst us? Um, if, I was, if I was to ask for, uh, let's say, if I asked Bill Ward to come up and tell us what he thought about something, and I might ask, I might ask Cohen DeLoach to come up and tell us what, what he thinks about it. They might say the same thing. Y'all think they'll say it differently? You think they'll approach that a little bit different? Right? And they're thinking, I sure hope so. Right? Of course, of course, because we're different people. And congregations have different personalities. You know, I, maybe I think there's a better way to say that. I think there's a better time to say I get all that. I think we can be respectful of those things from individuals and of congregations. There are times that Paul would leave in the middle of the night, and there are times that Paul went back into the city looking for a fight. And to be quite honest, I don't know which is which all the time. I really don't know. But my concern is people that are saying nothing. People that are saying nothing. That's my concern with individuals and with congregations. I've shared with you before one of the experiences I had when we were in Tennessee, and, and I, I spoke about the nature of the church. And, and, and I had an elder come up to me afterwards, and he said, he said, I believe everything that you said. I just don't know that Sunday morning worship was the best time to say it. Well, I thought it was a great time to say it, okay? But he didn't. Thought about it, prayed about it. I mean, I mean you know, really trying to think, well, maybe, maybe there's a better way to talk about these difficult things. We came about six months later. Some, someone else asked a question about it in a Bible class on a Wednesday night. Just said what the Bible said. We're talking about the nature of the church. And the elder, same elder came to me and he said, he said, now, I don't disagree with anything that you've just said, but I don't know that a Bible class on Wednesday night was the right time or place to say it. Did y'all catch what's going on here? He didn't really believe it. He didn't really, I mean, I really, I mean, if, if, you're a, if you're a both barrels out on Sunday morning or you think maybe we can find a better way to do this, I really don't care as long as you're, as long as you're talking about these things, right? If you're, we need a 15-part sermon series on this or we're just going to say it and let it, be, I, 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 you deal with that, right? As, you, as an individual and as congregations, they're going to be different. But I, but I want us to know, listen, if, if we're silent about any of these things and many more that I just talked about, what world are we living in? What world are we living in? Because these things are all very real. They're, they're very much in people's faces today, whether we want them to be or not. I, I have a great concern. I have a great concern for what sometimes we talk about as mainline churches of Christ in our, in our nation, that in far too many of them, they're not talking about these sorts of things. 
not because they don't believe them in their own mind. They just become distasteful to them. And my concern is what those churches look like in 10 years and in 20 years and in 30 years when nobody's heard it for a decade. Should we be surprised that no one understands it? And should we be surprised when people say, you don't really care about it? I hope I'm wrong about that. I hope I'm dead wrong about all that. But, but I'm very concerned about that. As we talk about these things, we must focus on Jesus. You remember there in Acts chapter 8, the eunuch is reading there from the book of Isaiah and Philip runs up alongside and he he starts to teach him and the the text says that Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture, preached Jesus to him. And now as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, here is water, what hinders me from being baptized? I want us to know about these issues and many other issues that they are not They are not the gospel itself. They are a part of the gospel. And I'm just saying that because sometimes sometimes in our our zeal to to talk about these sorts of things, we get so amped up that we make make everything about, about these issues. No, they are a part of the gospel. Just like in this text, baptism was a part of preaching Jesus. Now, Philip definitely shared the subject of baptism as a part of preaching Jesus. It's essential. But I want, you to know, I want you to know his goal was not to baptize the eunuch. His goal was belief in Jesus as the Son of God and the sacrifice for sin. Baptism is a part of that, but, but you could get him wet if he doesn't understand that. It doesn't do any good for him. It's, it's, the, same, it's the same thing with these issues. It's that danger. We, we can be completely right on the subject of um, adultery. But, but if we don't understand the gospel, if we don't understand Jesus, it doesn't do us any good. You can't, so we have to make sure that we keep these things in perspective. That doesn't mean, once again, we compromise on them. That's the whole difference. The whole point of making the sermons. we've got to talk about these things, preach these things, share these things. I just want to keep it in perspective. And finally, I told you all, I'm, I'm going fast, right? Finally, prepare to be misunderstood. Prepare to be misunderstood. Peter would say in 1 Peter 3 and verse 15, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is within you with meekness and with fear. Okay, got that? Make a defense. Tell people about the hope that's in you. Tell people about what you believe and why you believe it. Having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, except most of your Bibles say whenever they slander you, that those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. The slides that we use to talk about those different issues, those are all things that I personally have preached on from this pulpit over the last few years. Can I tell you that with every one of those sermons, every single one, I had to talk to someone afterwards, sometimes multiple someones, because they didn't understand what was being said. Because they heard one thing, or they thought one thing. Does that make sense? Prepare for it. People are going to misunderstand you. That's, that's why you have to talk to people. You don't talk at people. You talk with people, right? Let's sit down. So we have this conversation. Let's talk about these things because let, let's, let's get into say, what is God's will? But just prepare for it and don't get upset about it. Don't say, well, how I can't believe you thought I... You've misunderstood people before too. Anybody ever in here ever misunderstood their wife? Huh? All you men looking at the floor, your wives are staring at you. Okay? All right? Any, any, any of you ladies ever misunderstood your husband? 
stare back at them, right? Of course, we've all misunderstood those things. So you're going to be misunderstood because they're new. That's why we need to talk about these things. But the option to remain silent? No, no, those days are past. And the world, I believe, will will not allow those things. The truth is it can be dangerous business going out your door. The darkness is growing, but there is hope. There is hope in this world. And, and the hope that is in, the, is, in, is in this world, well, there is hope, but there is only one hope. That's Jesus. And so, and so Jesus says to us, church, you are the light. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill, it cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We have been given a responsibility, an opportunity, a privilege to share the same gospel of Jesus that has been shared with us. And that is a blessing indeed. Friends, you've also been given an opportunity to walk in His light. Let me give that invitation. It may be that you need to to obey the gospel for the very first time. This would be a great time to do that. Now is always a great time to be baptized into Christ. It may mean this afternoon that you need to repent. And maybe you need to repent of failing to stand up for your Lord when you ought to have stood up. Maybe you need to repent of being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If so, this is you will never have a better opportunity than right now. Friends, that's the invitation. And He would invite you to come. He would invite you to walk with Him from wherever you are so that people might see His light through us. You come this afternoon as we stand and as we sing.